All right, so last session, the uh, Knights of Victoria had arrived in Scotland and met with the mayor and sheriff of Kilmuir, where several fishermen and children have gone missing over the past few weeks. You all arrived in the small village just in time to accompany Sheriff Kelly to a small cove off of Moray Firth called Munlaki Bay. This is an area where many things wash up from the Firth. The body of the fisherman, Reggie Innes, had been in the water for several days and showed signs of what seemed to be claw marks across his face and his intestines and liver were missing. The body is being tagged and transported to Kilmuir for an autopsy giving the Knights of Victoria an opportunity to bed down for the night at Mackenzie Manor, Lady Moria's, <clears throat> Lady Moria's uh, estate that was left to her by uh, her two uncles after their untimely deaths. Once settled back at the estate, Moira stepped out on the porch on this chilly and foggy night and spotted a figure standing under Uncle Mac's favorite tree, the same tree under which Uncle Mac's body lies in rest. After a flash of lightning, the figure disappears. And that's where we left off uh, our last adventure. So Moira, you're on the porch after seeing what you believe was the uh, spiritual form of your Uncle Mac. I'm gonna go inside and get um, a bottle of whiskey and a blanket to cover up with and I'm going to go and sit under the tree. Okay. <clears throat> um, there's a slight mist in the air uh, but not really raining. Um, you kind of walk through the fog uh, and approach the large oak tree that overlooks the estate. Um, and it kind of Shimmers in the moonlight with the uh, with the dew uh, just beginning to alight uh, on the leaves, and uh, you walk close to where that figure uh, was standing, and and you feel fairly confident that you really did see, you know, this figure standing there. Um, once you get into that area, a cold chill kind of runs down your spine, that area right right above Uncle Mac's grave. Um, and weirdly, you do feel his presence there. Um, and probably more so than than usual, and maybe it was just the, the thought of seeing his figure here, but there's something different and, and somewhat foreboding uh, about this night and the thunder that's rolling in the distance is, is making you feel a bit uneasy tonight. Hmm. But there's yeah. a distinct chill in the air uh, just uh, around the grave. Okay. I'm going to sit and wait for him because I think he's going to come back. I don't think he's totally... Like, I saw him. And I think I'm going to sit down and wait for him and see if anything else happens. I might roll a notice okay. to see if something else happens. Sure. I'm sleeping. Okay. 
I'm not sleeping. <laughs> I'm not scared of spooky nights. Perfect night for sleeping. Fog, a little chill in the air. Get a comforter. Perfect. Only a fool would go to sleep in this sort of weather. <laughs> fool and an old man. Better than being on a boat, I'll tell you. And just so you guys know, in the house, like, I haven't been back to the, the estate in years. Mac died, and I buried him and left. And I haven't been back. So there's quite a bit of, you know, there's lots of dust covers and things there. I mean, there's, it's taken care of. There's someone there, but it's not lived in. So nice and spooky. So I got 11. Yeah, I see that. Um, as far as sitting out here and, and just kind of waiting for some sort of sign, you feel that, that, cold chill you know that initially appeared kind of dissipate you know while you sit there and uh you're just listening to the wind uh and nothing really seems to be drawing your attention uh around here at this point charlie you mentioned that you weren't sleeping what are you doing um well i've pulled i guess i've pulled the drop cloths off the bed and unpacked my suitcase, but I'm just super unsettled by what happened with um, Clarence. Um, so I, I'm just, I'm not feeling at peace. I know I'm gonna look out the window or notice that I see a figure that looks like Moira walking out um, across the garden toward this, this towering tree in the distance. Mm -hmm. And I just, just take note of that, but mostly I'm fretting about um, Clarence, <laughs> whom I pulverized, and because I seemed like on some level to delight in the carnage, even though I really didn't want to be pleased about it. So I think I'm going to write a letter to the um, my mentor, the clockwork priest, and I'll sit down in front of the desk like the desk that's in front of the window. But then there's this incredible lightning flash. And I, um, like I've put the pen to the paper and then the next thing I know there's this lightning flash and it looks like I've apparently been writing but I wasn't writing a letter. I was like hmm. sketching this rudimentary machine that I think I want to build so that we can go into the water and mm -hmm. explore um, where there may be clues for this crime that um, apparently is taking villagers away. Okay. So this is on my mind. I'm going to put a pause on that for just a moment. Um, Father Mapple, what are you doing? Um, I was just in my room sleeping, or trying to sleep. Okay. Um, you had a really pretty hectic day, you know, as far as uh, the, the write-in, uh, the investigation that, uh, that happened at the Cove, um, and easily 
bedded down uh, tonight. You remember uh, before you left uh, Kilmir, though, uh, you had a voice, uh, the familiar voice of the Trinity uh, in your head uh, that uh, said something to the effect of uh, the sea she's calling for you. Um, as, as much as I try to sleep, that, you know, because I, I haven't been to sea in a long time and um, I haven't, hadn't had really any desire to, but that, um, that is keeping me awake. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm lying down, but I'm, I'm just kind of contemplating that, like, you know, because this isn't, this isn't even the sea, right? It's, it's a lake. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, but, I'm just trying, kind but of, it is, it does uh, feed out to the North Sea. You you would know that uh, uh, the the lock feeds out to the North Sea. <clears throat> it is connected. <clears throat> yeah, and so I'm, I'm I'm just kind of pondering the scripture, kind of flipping through some verses, and just trying to trying to find some meaning in that. Just keeping to myself. In Eventually, you start to kind of doze off. Um, your eyelids get a little bit heavy uh, and you feel the old sensation of being on the boat uh, out in the ocean Uh, but it's completely dark uh, and you slowly begin to open your eyes and you look and you see uh, that you are completely submerged uh, in water and yet you are not wet uh, it's as though you're looking out of a small portal uh, directly in front of your face. And as you move, the portal kind of moves along with you. And you feel like you are... There's a great pressure that is bearing down uh, on you. Um, you try to move, and your feet... sluggishly begin to kind of move across the ocean floor. You're wearing some sort of contraption, something that was very familiar to you in in your travels with uh, Captain Nemo. Uh, And you believe that this is some sort of uh, submergible uh, suit. Um, But one that that you had not particularly had an experience with before, but it is something something new and something different. Um, and in out in the distance ahead of you, you see something move, something dark, something large. Uh, and as it begins to kind of approach it gets bigger and bigger, and you see that this is some great white shark uh, that is coming straight for you Uh, and try as you might you begin to pull you remember that Nemo would pull if there was an emergency on the floor you pull and the cord comes down and the air starts to go out and the shark is coming closer and closer and its jaws open wide and snap shut and everything goes black And you are back in bed uh, and soaking wet. Soaking wet like with sweat or like I was underwater? 
soaking wet like you were underwater. Oh, sure. I was afraid he's gonna say you peed your pants. <laughs> it's it's a possibility, you know. <laughs> oh wait, that would never, that would be never Hen- count that be that Henry. Out. That'd be Henry. Sorry, <laughs> that's true. Hey, yeah, the entire bed is soaked. Oh, then you peed the bed. <laughs> but enough um, to make it convincing. So Charlie. Uh, you've drawn this uh, this picture, uh, mm-hmm. and you realize some time has passed uh, during the process of that drawing. Uh, and your your gaze is kind of drawn back to the window to to check on Moira. And uh, it, a, as you look, your your gaze kind of passes uh, one of the clocks there in the room. It's an old cuckoo cuckoo clock, but still running in perfect order. Uh, and you remember when you began, you started at uh, uh, about 9.30. Um, it is now 11 o'clock. And you look out and Moira is still sitting uh, underneath that oak tree. She's covered in a blanket and still sitting out there. I'm gonna go get her. Okay. It looks like there's a storm rolling in. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's been coming for a while. It's getting much closer. So I'll, I'll go down and walk out to the tree um, and and say, hey, Moira, you, are you awake? What are you doing out here? Oh, I'm just having a sip of Ushkabea, the water of life, and waiting for my uncle. Wait, which uncle? Uncle Mac, he was right there. I saw him just like in my dream. I thought you told us Uncle Mac was dead. You're telling me you saw a ghost? I see ghosts all the time, everywhere. I see them right now. Um, okay. I I look around and I'm going to guess if I were to roll a notice, I'm not going to notice any ghosts. Um, yeah, I just, I noticed the whiskey bottles half empty. Yeah. And um, she's kind of raving, but this is spooky and I'm, I am already spooked. Um, so I'm going to try to um, see if I can get her back up and like start to start to lift her up and say like, let's go back in. Um, In the place where I was raised, there's a legend that tells of the jinn that stay under trees. And when women go out after dark with loose hair, um, it's not safe. We need to get inside. We need to get you inside and we can watch for your uncle from inside where it's warm and cozy. The watch is the key. I have to stay here. I have to wait for him. When you say, uh, what did you say? The watch is the key? Did I say that? Yeah, what did you just say? I think that's what I said. Maybe. Um, You hear when you say the watch is the key. It's almost like an echo, but it says, find the key. Do we both hear this? <laughs> or does Moira... Uh, Charlie, roll a notice. Okay. 
exciting. <laughs> oh, that's not me. Oh no, I'm in the um. No, oh, golly, I'm in the thing where it's really hard to see. Oh no, that the problem you had like long time ago, right? Oh, yeah, God. I'm accidentally in Safari, but wait, notice. I think I can do this. Mine's like that too. Really? Yeah, it's like dark and transparent. So, hmm. Oh wait, there it is, it just popped up. That's Safari. What are you looking at? I'm looking at the home screen. Oh, you, oh, they they were pulling up, up character, the character sheets. Character sheet. yeah. Oh. <clears throat> Mine's good. It just took a long time to. Oh. <laughs> okay. I think. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Charlie, you didn't hear it. Uh, she's she's out of her mind. <laughs> um, Moira, you're raving. <laughs> breaking away again for a moment, Father Mapple, uh, you woke up around about this time, uh, where the girls are are outside. Uh, why don't you roll a quick notice for me? Okay. Um, you still wet are kind of getting out of bed and just kind of looking about the room, you know, to try to find the towel or something, just kind of <clears throat> just towel your face off. Uh, and there's nothing around uh, except for the curtains. <laughs> you walk over, kind of dab your face down a little bit with the curtain, and you see outside uh, the two ladies uh, are under the oak tree out back. Um, Moira is sitting slumped over uh, with a blanket over her head, and Charlie is uh, is standing over top, you know, uh, uh, trying to appeal to her in some manner. So you do see this going on outside. Um, since I, I find it curious that they're up and doing things too, I'll, I'll head outside and head downstairs and try to join them and see what's going on. Yeah. Um, so Charlie, you were doing your best to try to get her to come inside. Moira, you heard this uh, echo of, of a whisper uh, that said, find the key. I'm going to talk back to it because I think it's right here. Key, where, where's the key that you are talking about? What key? Drunkenly. should have roll a spirit roll for me just straight spirit um, and that's at the bottom right uh, it's under yeah. attributes sorry how do you roll that I'm sorry do we click on spirit oh I see it never, never mind. It. Okay. I got it yeah, just click on the word spirit. I've done that before. Okay. As you're calling out to Uncle Mac, a, a memory comes to to your mind uh, of how 
you and he used to uh, talk to spirits uh, when you were a child. He taught you of a way to, to make contact with the other side. And you remember an old uh, tool that he used to use called a Ouija board. And somewhere in the attic, you believe that that was retired uh, when you turned 18. Uh, something that, you know, you just kind of put away at some point. Uh, but if you remember correctly, that is somewhere uh, still at the manor. And you had a lot of uh, good experiences with that with Uncle Mac. Okay, so I just, I throw off the blanket and drop the whiskey and just head toward the house and just keep saying, I have to find it. I, I, I have to find it. So I'm going to head into the house and I guess towards the attic where I think it might be. Frenzy. Calm down. What? What'd you say? What are you talking about, Moira? Calm down. It's so fun. And Father Mantle, you're probably heading outside just at the point where she is uh, coming running down the path uh, towards the manor uh, and probably runs right past you, uh, <laughs> saying that she has to find it. She has to find it. And she starts running into the uh, into the building. And is Charlie's right there. Mm-hmm. Um, Charlie, uh, has, has Moira... Has, has the Almighty provided Moira with visions as well? I just I just had a vision of being under the sea in a in a submersible suit of some kind, and there was a large creature, a shark, or something. And then when I awoke, I was wet, and everything was wet as if I was underwater. Um, what? what? Why is everyone breaking into the whiskey and nobody called me? I haven't had a drop. Um, roll a notice, Charlie, just real quick for me, please. Okay, I am okay. noticing. So one thing that just stuck out uh, to you was him talking about this uh, this underwater suit that he just had a dream about, which you just drew. And that's quite a coincidence. <laughs> Sir, Hen yeah. Sir Henry, what uh, what have you been up to during this uh, during this time? You you went right to sleep, if I if I remember correctly. Yes. Yes, these old manners, uh, especially on the water, bring mm -hmm. me a great sense of comfort. They remind me of the medieval ages, not that I lived through them, but I was a scholar at certain times of medieval literature. I enjoyed re reading uh, sort of old English, middle English literature uh, and felt like when I'm in these old manners, I can feel like I am a part of history. So I enjoy having a little scotch and then... Uh, I feel very comfortable here and going to sleep and the cold and the wetness gives me comfort. So I am sleeping quite well after drinking a little bit of scotch. Thank you very much. Okay. So as you drift off to sleep, uh, you too feel the familiar rolling 
of the sea. Um, and you open your eyes uh, to begin a, a day of work uh, on, on the hard seas. Um, this dream that you're having uh, feels like a, a, a typical day on the sea, but there's something very familiar about it. Uh, and there's a storm brewing off in the distance and, and uh, this storm seems all too familiar. And when the storm finally reaches your, your ship, uh, one of your compatriots is knocked overboard by one of the sails and you go in diving in after him. And just as you recall from your memory, you are once again met by this great white shark that takes a good chunk out of your leg. Uh, and as you are- San Bruno, that's the name. I named the shark San Bruno. San Bruno. You see San Bruno once again in your dreams. He pulls you down, pulls you under. And as the cold black blackness begins to take your vision, deep down, uh, you see, you believe a man walking the bottom of the sea. <laughs> and then you wake. <sighs> San Bruno always haunts my dreams. Um, Hieronymus. What have you been up to over the last couple of hours here at the manor? I'm muted. Oh, you're muted. Said I hate to be boring, but I think I'm just charging. Just charging. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a euphemism or what? Charging. No, no, just I, I, I'm just uh, I'm just charging. <laughs> Well, if you recall uh, several sessions ago, uh, there was an attempt uh, on on your life. Um, mm -hmm. And the uh, assassins were attempting to remove the gem uh, that was behind your, uh, your eye socket, correct? Yeah. Um, as you are charging, uh, something in that eye socket begins to spark. And there's nothing you can do about it because the charging process is incomplete uh, at this time, but you're, you become aware of it. And somewhere within that spark, uh, you find yourself uh, back at Hadrian's wall. Uh, and in this vision, uh, the, what that gemstone that you have, is it, is it a ruby? Uh, it's. I think it's ruby-like. I mean, I think that's what it looks like. Mm -hmm. I'm not quite sure if it's actually a ruby or not, but it's, it's got that dark, deep red tint. It's faceted on the sides. And, yeah. Well, whether it is you looking through the ruby in this vision or whether it is just a trick of the light, whatever the case may be, the nunnery uh, at Hadrian's Wall uh, that that you became the clockwork man 
uh, is sitting there empty and it seems to be filled with blood. Okay. But I can't do anything because I'm still charging. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Bendigo. I might. Uh, what have you been doing? <clears throat> well, I've got a little summer sausage and I'm cutting pieces off and I'm trying to teach Blinky how to sit and roll over while I'm polishing my didgeridoo. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I've got my didgeridoo out and I'm just giving it a, a good waxing. <laughs> and I'm also trying to play it real low, but you can't really do that with a didgeridoo because they make so much noise. So I'm just kind of like blowing it every once in a while, just because <sighs> you can't really play one without waking everybody up. Uh, and I'm trying to train the dog and just getting tired. Um, as you are uh, breathing through the didgeridoo, you can say it. He was blowing on his didgeridoo. So, yeah. Uh, You hear off in the distance the sound of a didgeridoo coming from somewhere here in the manor. A low. stop and look at my didgeridoo look back around I hold it up to my ear and you don't hear it you blow into it nothing but then moments later you hear the I give uh, Blinky the rest of the sausage keep him occupied and uh I'm going to get up and go investigate and try and track down the sound. Okay. Uh, coming back to Moira and Charlie and Father Maffle. You three of you now are pretty much together. I am running up the stairs and through the hallways to the door at the end of the hallway. It goes up the stair, this narrow, windy staircase, mm-hmm. and then another small flight of stairs to a smaller door, which is the attic. Okay. Uh, Bendigo, you uh, are kind of trying to figure out where that sound's coming from, right? Mm-hmm. Open up the door, kind of poke your head out, and you hear it once again. And you start climbing uh, a staircase. You're on the second floor already, uh, but you're climbing another staircase. And as you're climbing the staircase, you hear the sound of footsteps quickly coming up the stairs behind uh, behind you, heading up towards the second floor. And then the door that you went through and uh, coming up towards you is Moira. Um, and I assume immediately followed by uh, Charlie and uh, and Father Maple. Yes, yep. that didgeridoo sound is coming from the top of the stairs uh and moira you're heading uh towards that door correct yep (laughs) um and you throw open that door which leads to the attic Uh, and as soon as you open that door bendigo that didgeridoo stops like it never happened 
Um, Charlie, Father Mapple, uh, you see Bendigo just kind of standing there in the middle of the stairway, kind of looking confused. Um, and Moira shoots in and starts digging through uh, some items in the attic, frantically looking for something. Bendigo, uh, you have a touch of insomnia too? Uh, did you all hear a didgeridoo just a moment ago? And the answer <clears throat> is no, you did not. <laughs> no one tells me about the whiskey. <laughs> Has the, has the Almighty provided you with a vision as well? Well, I don't know if it was an Almighty, but I was hearing a didgeridoo, and it was coming from behind that door until Moira came barging through. Then it just stopped. Are you guys telling me you didn't hear that? Sweet summer music? No? No. Sir Henry, you hear all of this commotion uh, outside your bedroom, people running up the stairs and so forth. So uh, it's about 11, 15 at night at this point. Uh, yeah. Uh, did you all hear a didgeridoo? <laughs> yeah, I, I, mate, I did. Were you playing? Were you playing that in your room? I mean, I was blowing me didgeridoo, but I wasn't playing it loud enough for anybody to hear. It was just something for me to kind of keep myself occupied. That's what you've been carrying around the whole time. I thought it was a weapon. Well, I mean, it's a weapon, but I can play it too. I'm mean, going to have to use it to, you know, kill people every time. I, I just, it makes well, music, mate. If you would have told me you played a didgeridoo, we could have had many nights of entertainment. Do you Warrior, jam you on a didgeridoo? the Ouija board. I want to hear the rest of this conversation. No, that's good. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like Kendry wants to blow on Jack's didgeridoo. <laughs> oh, I appreciate the sound of it. I Beautiful, play. isn't it? I don't prefer to play one myself. Well, I don't know that you have the mouth for it, honestly. Mm. I think yeah. you'd probably do better on a trumpet or something. It is quite large. Well, I mean... You just have to get that whenever you're blowing. Really get the vibrations. It's the vibration of the lips. Yeah. That's where the depth of it comes from. I, I realize that. It's why I appreciate it as an instrument that is very rarely played. Oh, yeah. It's real difficult nowadays to find somebody that plays them. Back home, I mean, you'd find them at pretty much every every turn. You just, bam, didgeridoo. Toss them a coin, a bit of copper. Well, hence why I'd like to hear you play it more often. Oh, well. We've known about it sooner on our journey together. Well, I think maybe on the way back to wherever it is we're going, I'll play you something. No, you pick a song, and I'll do my best. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, just to be clarified, Jack, everybody in Australia is blowing on everybody else's didgeridoo? Well, not everybody, mate. I mean, you can blow on your own, or you can borrow a friend's, yeah, if they're all right with it. Oh, okay. I mean, it's best to ask. You don't just go out and put your lips on somebody else's didgeridoo. <laughs> I understand. I mean, you could, but I mean, you're going to get somebody else's spit in there and everything else. So, Anna, you asked for this. <laughs> <laughs> but but what's everybody else doing up tonight? <laughs> and what are we all doing in here, Moira? Are you all right? <laughs> I found it. <laughs> you found what? 
I found it. I found it. So I'm gonna uh, just run back down the stairs, not tell anybody. <laughs> no, I think I'm gonna stay up there. Actually, I take it back. The attic seems like a good place for it. So I run over to a table in the corner and just swipe everything off the table. Sorry, I'm out of breath now. <laughs> I'm running so much. And, um, and then I'm gonna just say everybody has to come over here now. We have to. We have to do this now. So I set it up on the table. Okay. <clears throat> oh nope! Don't look at that. Please close that. <laughs> <laughs> That was, that was really not an accident there. Sorry about that. <laughs> I was trying to shrink my screen. Nothing says, hey, don't look at that, like yelling. Hey, don't look at that. Hey, don't look at that. <laughs> I can't read. Hey, there's a, your notes are here. Yeah, just stop that. <laughs> Close it. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna light some. I'm gonna find some, stick some candles out, light some candles, set the mood, and then I'm going to, um, in my uh, little pouch that I have, I'm gonna take out the my Uncle Max watch, which I carry with me and I brought from London, um, and I did say that and he said it was fine, <laughs> and I put it put that on the table, and then I pull out um, a little carved figurine of an animal and put that on the table as well. And then I go over to an old um, Victrola and I, I put on some sleepy music because this needs sleepy music, not energetic music. You're setting the scene? And setting the scene. And uh, Hieronymus, you could you can probably join them. I, I I would think that since everybody else is up, somebody would have probably come and unplugged you. <laughs> are we are we playing a game? Is it like poker or what is this? This is a spirit board, and we will be able to speak to my uncle. He's been trying to contact me. This is how we'll do it. Uh, of course. Thank you. It's that this is new to me. I've never seen one of these before. They're very ancient, but this one's not quite that old. I keep going. Sure. Yeah. You're in okay. charge now. Everybody gather around. Is this the device that was crafted by the, the brothers Parker? Exactly, with their own two hands. Four hands? Brothers? How many brothers were there? <laughs> yes, correct. I've heard tell of these. <laughs> okay. Everybody calm down, quit being so weird. Okay. Everyone place two, two fingers, if you need two, sometimes three, onto the planchette. And we... <laughs> Very calmly, very quietly, let's ask some, ask some questions. I'm sorry. There's six of us with the 
giant robot being one of them holding onto the little puck thing? No, you're not even up there. Are you up there? Yeah, he's up now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everybody's there. You can go over us like this. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Sleepy music in the background. Uncle Mac, I know you've been trying to contact me. Are you here? Now we wait. Yep, you wait for uh, a few moments. Uh, and then you see the planchette begin to slowly move. Until it finally sweeps over to the yes. Indigo, are you pushing it? Kind of right. <laughs> I thought you were. You're not supposed to push it. Uncle Pat, is there something that you want to tell me? Is there something I have to do? It's what swept to the yes. Okay. That is very cool, Chris. I Thanks. Wish I was- <laughs> awesome. And if, if if you would, maybe uh, as I move, would you mind kind of speaking what it says and, and spelling it out for everyone else? Of course. Okay. Why did you bring us to Inverness? H A S A N I Hassani Do we need to help Hassani? Okay guys (laughs) I had a dream with my uncles and Hassani appeared before me and swarms of something came out of his mouth and he melted away. Something is wrong. I we have to help him. I don't I don't know what this is so overwhelming. <laughs> Somebody help calm me down. It's very upsetting. I open my vial of scotch and give her a little bit. <clears throat> there you go, Moira. Have a little scotch. Have a drink. Not that you need any more. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's called for. I'll put my arm around her. Um, I, I feel sort of in a new affinity for Moira um, since I know that she's... Now I know she's connected with the spirit world in a way that I didn't really realize before. So it's like we have something in common, I guess. Um, but I, I'm not sure we should be doing this. And I say, so I don't, you know, maybe we don't have to do this right now. If you're not feeling up to it. No, we have to do this now. This, this has to be done. We have to, we have to help him. Come on, let's, let's keep going. If you don't want to help me, that's fine. Just, just leave. I'm not leaving. Okay, put my hands back on. Um, is Hassani here on this plane? 
And it says yes. Is he trapped somewhere? And it says yes again. How can I find him? Just a short paragraph. <laughs> M A P. There's a map. Where is the map? Is it There's a map. Is the map here in the house? Yes. Where should I look for the map? M. The map room. Oh. <laughs> P. H. E. R. Mothers. E. Y. Mother's eye. Mother's eyes. The map is in the m mother's eyes, in my mother's eyes. Oh shit. Yes. I don't know what that means. <laughs> make make a smart make a smarts roll. Smart roll. Moira, is there a portrait somewhere in the manor of your or a, or a bust? You you no longer have to make a smarts roll. <laughs> uh, Charlie, you would have seen uh, a portrait of a beautiful woman uh, in the library as you as you guys would have been uh, making your way to your individual rooms. There was a beautiful woman that was. Uh, uh, close to the stairway uh, in the library. Do you think we should check it out or do you have additional questions for the the board of the Brothers Parker? <laughs> um, Uncle Mac, are you okay? F A B. Sad? I'm sad too. M I S S H I M. I miss him too. I miss you both. Okay, I'm just gonna break down and cry then. You've let go of the planchette at that point, right? Yeah. Um, does everybody else as well kind of when she breaks down? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, as you are attempting to console her uh, through her tears, um, you hear the planchette on the board begin to slowly start to move by itself. And it eventually spells out another word. 
A R We go back to the bar. <laughs> H E N K O Anyone write that down? Barchenko? Barchenko? Barchenko, yes. And Moira, that is a name that you know very well. Oh. It is the name of the man that Uncle Mac believes was responsible for Hassani's death. He was the uh, other... um, explorer uh the competing explorer that uh, was a rival of both of your uncles mm-hmm. another all right so i say the first thing we need to do is go visit your mother's portrait let's do let's do it Thank you, Mac. I love you. Run down the stairs to the portrait. Can I put my fingers on the planchette and ask it a question? Sure. Hey, Uncle Mac, uh, do you have a Is anybody else in the room with me at this point, or am I by myself? You're by yourself. Oh, shit, Uncle Mac. I don't know how to read or write. <laughs> I was kind of hoping you'd just go up to the corner where it says, where, where everybody kept saying yes. Uh, All right, mate. Well, it was a nice chat. Um, I'm going to head down to that portrait now. <laughs> Well, this has been fun, mate. Um, maybe we can jam sometime. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I just, I just leave. <laughs> just set the oh planchette God. back up at the top and just wander out. Well, I don't know what I was really expecting. It's kind of a stupid thing to do, Bendigo. Should have learned your bloody letters. Couldn't just answer with a yes or no, could he? Oh, no, we had to go God. and use the figures and stuff. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'll join him at the portrait. <laughs> All right. So you guys have uh, ended up at the uh, at the base of the stairs on the uh, on the first level of the um, of the estate uh, and looking at the portrait of uh, Moira's mother. Uh, you want to try to describe her for them so they know what she looks like? Oh, um... You never saw her in life. You you only remember her from, from this picture. So I look at the picture and I say, my mother had 
long blonde hair that she would wear in a loose bun and just describe the picture to them because I don't know what she looked like. <laughs> she was very sweet from according to my Uncle Mac. She was his uh, sister, youngest sister. She died uh, shortly after giving birth to me, so I never knew her. Can someone climb up there and check her eyeballs? <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe someone can lift it. Is it a big portrait? Like, how big do you think it it's might be? It's pretty big. It's probably about uh, six foot uh, tall uh, okay. and about three feet wide. Maybe um, oh. Charlie or Hieronymus can take it down or look behind it or something. Because it's pretty big and heavy, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I'll just walk up and pick it up. Okay. Uh you grab hold of the frame, uh, and it's solidly on that wall, uh, without a doubt. Uh, and um, give me a strength roll. Seven. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's heavy, um, and the frame itself probably weighs um, about 120 pounds. Uh, so it takes some effort uh, to pull it off of uh, its its whatever mechanism is holding it there. When you do, French cleat. sorry, oh, just a French cleat. <laughs> when you do. Uh, you can tell that the the backing of what you believe would have been canvas is actually uh, a metal backing uh, there as well, which continues to add to the weight of the overall frame. So it's solid. Um, And uh, once you do that, you can feel kind of a a little cool breeze kind of come into the room and there's a a small chamber uh, there uh, behind the, the portrait uh, and it's just big enough for someone to stand in that would be roughly about the same height as uh, Moira's mother I'm climbing Climb in, in that yeah. climbing in that hole <laughs> <laughs> that's it in the hole in the hole okay so you climb in uh, and tell me what you do once you get inside there. Is it dark in there? Is there light from the outside? Or light, is there uh, there's light, light from the from the library, you know, kind of spilling in. Everybody can see you perfectly. I mean, it's basically just a complete rectangle cut out of the wall, the stone wall that you can step inside. There's okay. a little bit of a ledge uh, that you have to step over to get in there. But once you're there essentially you are the same height as to where your mother's eyes would be. Is it kind of like a vault? Yeah, just a a little vault. Yeah. And there's nothing in it? Nothing in it. Uh, There's a hole in the wall uh, behind you. Right. You mean the one where I came through? Nope, nope. Just a a small hole about this big. Oh. Okay. I guess I'm gonna... Well, I think I'm first. I'm going to push on the walls to see if they move at all. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Each they're solid. 
All okay. the walls are solid in there. Nothing seems to give. Okay. So I see the hole, and I'm gonna I'm gonna look in the hole. Okay. And that uh, it, it has a kind of a long chamber that has. It seems to be like you see light coming out of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, where that light is coming from, it's hard to say. But as soon as you put your eye in there, you look through, and you can clearly see the image of the moon, as though it's being reflected off of like mirrored surface. Oh, I would have totally freaked out if somebody poked you in the eye. By the way, <laughs> boop, boop. <laughs> <laughs> um. Do I? I probably know kind of what's behind that general, like maybe the general area where it is going appears mm-hmm. to be in the house. Maybe? Yeah, yeah. It, no, it actually goes. Uh, th- this would be at the base of the stairwell, uh, okay. so you would have probably about ten feet of stone in between you and the outside wall uh, of okay. the of the manor. Okay. I can see moonlight coming in, and there's a hole, mm-hmm. and then there was a metal. I... Guys, I, I'm not sure about this one. I can't tell if... What's on the back of the painting? Back there's... of the painting, just uh, solid metal. Metal. Mm-hmm. Looks like steel. As if he maybe ripped it off of a box, like a side off of a box, maybe? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is it... Does the light, if you were to step aside, does the light hit across the room anywhere? Oh, let me do that. Let me step aside. Yeah, the light uh, kind of throws like a pinpoint uh, in uh, into the room, yes. You, you can faintly see it hit the wall directly across from you. Just a random spot on the wall doesn't look important. Um, I mean, it's really kind of going towards uh, a bookcase um, that's directly across from you. Uh, but there's bookcases all over the room. Okay. Yes. I don't know. On a specific book. Yeah, I was gonna say, does it hit a specific book? Um, y- if you go check it out, you're you're welcome to. Yeah. Someone I'm guessing three of us. Did. Oh, someone other than Bendigo Jack, please go check out the book. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, the name of the book uh, is called The Road to Sh- Shambhala. Okay. So who who's looking at the book? Are you taking well, the book? Are you taking the book out? Yes, I'm. I'm gonna reach out and try to gently pull it out. It looks pretty old. Mm-hmm. You reach up, pull it out, and it comes out, uh, and it it is a book. <laughs> <laughs> and it's an older book. Uh, it's it's probably got about you know, 75 years on it, uh, and well-worn, well-read, 
Um, seems to be lots of notes in the side margins uh, written uh, in there by uh, one owner. Uh, seems to be all the same handwriting. Any pictures? Uh, Moira, I I assume you've been made aware of what book this is that it's pointing towards. Uh, uh, If Charlie, maybe, would you have mentioned it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I may have asked if anybody has ever heard of Shambhala or been there in your travels. Uh, Moira, where where was Hassani killed? Oh, that's a good question. Pause the video for a minute. Sure. No, I can tell you. <laughs> I can't remember what I wrote down. Yeah, that's all right. It was Tibet. Tibet. Because Shambhal. Okay, that makes total sense now. That's where uh, Hassani died. I would never forget that. He may not have died in Sh- in Shambhala uh, because it was someplace that they were looking for. Near. Uh, Near. But you know. in, in Tibet, Tibet was known to be potentially a uh, an entry point to the the mystic city. Yeah, and I know that, and I tell everybody that, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as that goes, it just so happens that it was pointing to, towards that book, but that book didn't open anything for you, uh, mm. and there doesn't seem to be a key or anything inside the book. Okay. <clears throat> Budge. <clears throat> Um, while th- while they're looking at that, I'll take a look at like a closer look at like the back of the painting and see if I can take a look at the front of the painting just to mm-hmm. examine that more closely. Sure. Um, the back of the painting, just as I said, is one solid steel sheet. It looks like it was uh, perfectly form fitted to go inside this chamber uh, in order to kind of seal it. So. Uh, your best guess is is so that that hole that's in the uh, in the back wouldn't cause the breeze to enter the room uh, for basically prying eyes to try to find this particular space. So it kind of acted as a seal, you know, uh, to to keep the outside weather from coming in in, in any form. Um, as far as the painting goes. It's a very well done painting. It is on canvas, but it is uh, stretched over this metal. Um, so somebody that really, you know, was like kind of poking around at it would certainly be able to tell that, well, that's pretty solid back behind there. Uh, but it is a, a, an actual canvas. Doesn't seem to be anything special about it other than, you know, uh, a, a painting of uh, her mother. Now, I'm going to have you make a notice roll, uh, and it's going to be at a minus two. Okay. I still own this painting, or have I set this thing down? Uh, it's up to you. Okay, I, I guess I'll stand there and hold it. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got a. Oh, that's not too bad. Okay. That was more than what I thought it was. So you got a five. All right. Mm-hmm. Since Hieronymus is standing there, um, you ask him, uh, Moira, are you still in the chamber? I think I probably stepped out and was looking at the book, so I'm probably standing in the middle or in front. So 
the urge for you, Father Mapple, is to have Hieronymus put the painting back up for a moment because something about her gaze is kind of capturing your eye. Um, Hieronymus, let's <clears throat> let's put the painting back in place for a minute. I, I have an idea. I'm not exactly sure what it is. Let's. There, there's something with what she, the way she's looking, or or the way maybe the, I don't know, something with the light and the way her eyes are pointing seems significant. As you wish, Father Mapple. <laughs> All right, so you. Uh, get that place back up in there uh, and you take a look at where her eyes uh, are alighting uh, and where she's looking there seems to be uh, a small bust uh, of Shakespeare uh, off to the left uh, of, of the painting and it looks as though she's looking directly at it. <clears throat> so if you follow her eyes, it it looks like she's looking at this this statue here. Um, and I go over and I just kind of pick it up to, to look at it. Okay, you reach up to grab it. It doesn't come off of the shelf. But it turns. I was going to hope he said his head flips up and there's a red button inside. (laughs) (laughs) At cave. So it turns like it's on an axis. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I turn it as far as it'll go. Mm -hmm. It it will actually go like a full 360 uh, and kind of keep going, but you can't unscrew it. Uh, But it spins freely. Okay, then can I, can I try to pull it up? You can, and it doesn't want to come. It doesn't want to come up. It's like uh, an escape room. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking the exact same thing. Uh, so am I, I'm, I'm watching Father Mapple do this. Does the bus seem reflective at all? Um, yes. You look at the eyes... Uh, in the bust, and it looks like there are two like gemstone type things, clear, not diamonds per se, but something maybe moissanite, some sort of clear stone uh, that are inside the the pupils of the eyes. So, Father Mapple, maybe the moonlight has something to do with the bust where that moonlight reflects <laughs> off of her that the eyes of that bus and directs us someplace else. Could be. Should we take the painting back down? <laughs> As you wish, sir. <laughs> well, you know what? Let's put it back up. And... <laughs> Um, I don't know. Does it, any anybody else want to take a look at this? I, I, the the bus won't move; it'll spin, but I can't remove it. Um, 
Anybody have any ideas? I climb up into the chamber where mm-hmm. it was, mm-hmm. and I, I squat or stretch up to where the eyes were mm-hmm. on the portrait, and mm-hmm. I just kind of start looking around the whole room. Okay. Do I notice anything? Mm-hmm. Not particularly. <clears throat> um, give me a... Let's see here. What can we do here? A notice roll? Yeah, give me a notice roll. That went very good. I'm gonna spend a Benny. There we go. All right, what'd you get? An 11. Okay. All right, so you kind of are scanning the room. You remember them talking about the crystals or the uh, stones that were in the eye of the the statue. Um, You see that there's a chandelier up above uh, that also has kind of a crystalline uh, ball at the bottom uh, of that piece. Uh, And on the far side of the room, there's a candelabra uh, that's attached uh, to a table uh, or that's uh, that's sitting on a table uh, that has a little crystal uh, piece that kind of dangles down from the candelabra uh, as well. So there are three very similar looking gemstones uh, about the room. Boy, the stones that are in that statue's eyes, look up at the chandelier, and look over at that candelabra. There's two more. Do you guys think that means anything? <clears throat> Somebody just had an idea. <laughs> By Jove, I've got it. Anyone have a a flashlight, a torch. I don't carry one of those. <laughs> you want to have one on their person? Something for light. To shine like somebody did. I think it, maybe it was me. I don't think so. <laughs> I thought it was you, actually. Yeah. No, I don't think when so. When we went down to the, the uh, Super of Spiders. Okay, oh. well. It was Henry's cane. Actual torch I was carrying and not a flashlight. <laughs> It's not on my gear, so I obviously don't have it. Well, you probably have one uh, in your... uh, Oh, it looks like Kurt's internet died. That's where he went. Um, You don't have one on your Swiss Army arm? arm. (laughs) You you could probably find a torch here uh, at home somewhere. Just uh, head to the kitchen. It's probably in the uh, (laughs) silverware drawer. In the junk drawer. In the junk drawer, (laughs) A bunch of rubber bands and two clips <laughs> and a couple of screws that nobody knows where they go to. Ketchup packets. Wi- yeah. Wires. <laughs> Half a container of Pop Rocks. <laughs> yeah. So you, you can you can get uh, you can get a flashlight, no problem. Okay. 
Now let me just clarify. The moonlight that is coming into the room through the hole mm-hmm. is very faint and just pointing rant sort of towards that book that didn't seem important, correct? Right. right. Okay. And the light like it in the room it's is it fairly eh, it's not that dim. We can make it's, it dim. it's fairly it's fairly dim. I mean you've got, you know, uh, a fire burning in the fireplace and, you know, some candles here and there probably, but uh but not not extremely well lit. Okay. Okay, I'm going to stand where that is and shine a brighter light to see if maybe that will cue anything. I kind of feel like the moon, if it's supposed to shine through and bounce off these crystals to show us something, if that's where this is going, um, I feel like it's not in the right position yet or mm-hmm. something. we're missing something. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell what it is, so okay. I, I'll, I'm going to try that, I guess. All right, so where are you going to shine the light? <clears throat> Whatever's closest, I think. I don't know if the chandelier or the candelabra or Shakespeare is the closest. To me. Follow her eyes. Clo- closest would be the chandelier. Chandelier? Mm-hmm. Okay, I guess we'll start there. Okay. All right, doesn't... so you, you shine the light uh, directly at the, at the crystal at the bottom of the chandelier, and it basically creates kind of a disco ball uh, effect. Uh, and it shoots the light out in several different directions. Okay. Uh, but uh, yeah. nothing happens. So, I have a far-fetched idea, Lady Mora. What if we use a hagstone in the moonlight? Hmm. We could try that. I mean, we could try anything now. Can I ask you a quick question, though, Andy? out of game real quick your eye is it you just have a crystal on your eye a ruby on your eye or is it behind your eye like i don't know it's there we don't know it's there wait we're out of the game no i do not physically have a crystal (laughs) on my eye right now (laughs) are you talking about my character in those are glasses yeah i've got glasses on right now mike d's got them too i do too somewhere look <laughs> we all have crystals on our eyes. <laughs> oh, Kurt's got some. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, Charlie does. I have to be very specific. I forgot that about you. Okay. That's <laughs> cute. Hieronymus, does Hieronymus have a, the ruby or garnet or whatever it is so we can see it? Or is it behind there and we don't know he has it? Oh, no, you can see it. Yeah, okay. like one one of my one of my eyes is a fully functional eye, and then I see I see through the ruby. I was just trying to remember. Okay, back in character. Uh, as he's asking me about the hagstone, I'm just looking at his eyeball. <laughs> oh, no, you're looking at my crystal, not my eyeball. Yeah. His crystal eyeball, his crystal eye, the ruby, the garnet, whatever it is. Hieronymus, give me your your eye. <laughs> oh, my lady, I cannot do that. Please, I think this might be what we're supposed to do. Because I got nothing else, guys. <laughs> I don't know. Anybody? Um, yeah, if I remove this from my shell, that is that is my being that you are holding at that point. I will be very careful of it. 
I will not re- remove this very easily and it will not be removed from me very easily um, as you remember the thieves that tried to steal it that night uh, worked and worked I am your friend your ally I, I, think, I think what he's saying is that it will kill him if he takes it out he didn't say that <laughs> uh, pretty much Father Mapple is right my lady his, his spirit can move though right Ronnie it's for the greater good the greater good I don't it's know. right now contained in the crystal, and the crystal does not come out of my shell. I Can say we, we try the headstone. And walk it around. Or the I headstone? say we try the headstone sure. through the moonlight first. Go for it. I'm just okay. That eyeball. <clears throat> She's Have eyeballing my eyeball. I'm very uncomfortable. Eyeball. <laughs> Have you tried yet to aim your torch? In the direction of the gaze of your mother toward the bust? Nope, I haven't. <laughs> do you want to do that before we dismantle the clock? <laughs> I say we start with killing Hieronymus <laughs> <laughs> and see how that goes. <laughs> we can shine the flashlight other places. After that. Charlie, just try to stun him. <laughs> I'm feeling I need to draw my weapon. Why are we trying to kill Hieronymus now? <laughs> Hold on. We, just, we just need the, we need the crystal. Minutes, you're all trying to kill each other again. <laughs> need crystal eyes just a minute. <laughs> I, again, I say we start with the hagstone. Fine. <laughs> Whip it out, big boy. Then we'll shine the torch over there, and then we get to rip your eyeball out. Yeah, I hope this works. Okay. Uh, <laughs> So I take the hagstone and hold it up into the moonlight, Chris. Okay. So you take that and put it up uh, in the hole. It's a perfect fit. Oh, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Get to live another day, Hieronymus. I just didn't want Henry to touch me with this game. (laughs) And what it does is it essentially focuses that beam into a much tighter uh beam of light uh intensifying the light and then as you kind of twist and turn it it actually will adjust the pitch of that light as well so you can kind of aim it just depending on how you're turning it okay so aim it at the chandelier okay you aim it at the chandelier and it does the the disco ball effect again and it kind of spreads across the room okay Aim it at the bust and turn the bust toward the hagstone. Okay. So you turn the bust towards the hagstone. Our uh, father, Mapple, needs to turn the bust. <laughs> uh, and it hits the hagstone. Uh, or, I'm sorry, it hits the, the bust, the, the eyeball uh, of the bust. And then that has the same disco ball effect but it is in the general direction uh most of the scatter is in the general direction of the candelabra across the room okay um i'll I'll turn it to try to get more of it towards the candelabra mm -hmm. it's dancing right around it father mapple do you have your hagstone with you Uh, i do Try putting that in front of the eye 
of the bust. Okay. You hit that, put that right inside, and it hits the crystal uh, on the candelabra. Uh, and the candelabra now sends out a disco ball effect. Indigo Jack. Yeah, Mike. Do, do you have your hagstone? Oh, yeah. And I have please, it on a piece of twine around my neck. <laughs> please take it and put it in front of the candelabra. All right. So you do that, put that in there, uh, and it shoots directly towards uh, the uh, chandelier up top, hits the crystal uh, up there, which now sends out uh, the disco ball effect once again. But at this point, the disco ball begins to spin. Uh, And as it does, uh, the light begins to focus on the fireplace Uh, and the fireplace then begins to shudder and slowly fold to the side. Uh, And you see beyond the fireplace that there are steps leading down to an area of the manor in which you've never been, Moira. Is the fire still in the fireplace? The fire is still in the fireplace burning, yes. Bloody hell, that seems dangerous. (laughs) That's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Let's go, gang. Uh, um, I'm still wearing my nightshirt, so if you don't mind, I'm going to go back to my room and maybe get my cane. And uh, if we're going to go down the stairs, and uh, looks like we won't be going to bed anytime soon. Is that correct? Probably not. Okay, so if you just give me a moment, I'll be back in just a few moments. Um, if you want to go ahead, I'll catch up. But if... We'll wait. We'll wait for you. All right. Oh, my God. Do you guys want me to get Blinky? All right, Hieronymus, I'm very sorry that I wanted to rip your eyeball out. I'm <clears throat> frazzled by this. Thank all right, my, it's all right, my lady, but... Nothing personal, I promise. That's the very last resort we can always think about. <laughs> for the record, I gave Hieronymus a, uh, a, a Benny for the, for the idea of the Hagstone. And I gave Bendigo uh, a Benny for making me laugh about the uh, <laughs> I, I can't read. You <laughs> should get two board. for that one. That was <laughs> he probably should. Okay, <laughs> there you go. We got two. <laughs> that was yeah. That's pretty good. And truthfully, I'm going to give uh, Dana one for the role playing at the uh, uh, leading up to the Ouija board there as well. All right, all set. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take the Shambhala, Shambhala mm-hmm. book with me. Okay. Put it in my foreign. Okay, sure. So are we heading down the stairs? All right. It is a very narrow passageway that leads you uh, down underneath, and it's a spiral staircase that takes you down. Uh, it's not a long staircase. It takes you maybe about uh, uh, 20 feet below uh, the surface. Uh, and you end up in a very small chamber uh, here, uh, just barely big enough to, to cram all of you guys uh, in here. Charlie probably has to duck her head just a little bit. Um, but in the middle of this little chamber at the base of the stairs, there is a single pedestal uh, upon which there is a glass dome uh, 
that houses a scroll uh, on the inside of it. And there's a little handle up at the top. I'm gonna open it. Okay. Take the handle off, or take the globe off. Uh, and there is an ancient scroll uh, that is sitting there just beckoning for you to pick it up and open it. Wait. Don't touch that yet. Open the box! Open the box! <laughs> What's in the box? Shit. <laughs> so, can we roll a notice to see if there's a booby trap or trigger mechanism? You may. I think we have to take out his eyeball again. <laughs> oh, God, no, not. <laughs> Do we all, all right. roll? Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll let uh, Hieronymus do it since he's the one that came up with the idea. How about... Oh, how about a 15? Yeah, that'll do. This seems perfectly safe. Oh, God dang. <laughs> <laughs> that was a really good roll for <laughs> no real reason. Come on, I was hoping to fill a bag of sand and try to move it on top at the same time. <laughs> all right uh, so yeah so you take the scroll uh, and open it up and it appears to be a map of the world how is that all um, just don't hand it to Bendigo to read on this map there are several locations marked and numbered on the map First up is Hadrian's Wall at Dornock Village. And that is uh, Hieronymus, the location of the nunnery where uh, you just saw in your vision. The second location is the Catacombs de Paris. And Charlie, that's an area where your parents frequented uh, with several of their explorations. They told you many stories of, uh, of the catacombs. Uh, the land of the dead is what they called it. Mm-hmm. Third location is Buenos Aires. The labyrinth of Park Chas. Familiar to Father Mapple, because that's the last place you saw Captain Nemo. <clears throat> Blood Falls, Antar- Antarctica. An area familiar to Henry Hart, because that was the area near where he was injured by the giant shark. And Bruno. And then Uluru in Mitajulu, Australia, very near Bendigo's hometown. And then finally, you see the marking in Tibet, uh, which is clearly marked Shambhala. I'm kind of speechless here, guys. Do you recognize these places? And of course, I show the map. I do, my lady. As do I. Yes. This has meaning for me as well. What does it say next to each of these dots, guys? This is Australia. This is this where you're from? 
So. Oh yeah, I recognize that. Uluru, Ulu, what is it? Uluru. Uluru? Oh Ulu. yeah, I know that. Oh. That's a bloody big stone in the middle of nowhere. I don't know how my uncles or whoever had these, or my mother. I don't. I don't know how they had all these places that pertain to my friends here, my allies on this map. This ancient. This is an ancient scroll. Just look at the. Look what it's. Look at the parchment. This is centuries old. If not, I don't know. <clears throat> Do I notice any like any any other markings or anything else? Any other information? Um, roll a notice. Hold on. I don't want to get rid of the map. Oh shit. Hmm. <laughs> Sorry. Trying to. There. Okay. <sighs> Guess not. Okay. <laughs> Um, the only thing that I will say is that it looks like, uh, yes, the map is ancient, but the markings, a little bit more fresh. Okay. Um, seems like that, that would have been written, uh, in more recent years, uh, and added to this map. So, while I was powered down earlier um i was <clears throat> conscious in a way um where i had a vision of the sisters who helped me after my accident uh who infused my soul to this stone that i carry at hadrian's wall um unfortunately the vision i had was the nunnery was drenched in blood. Mm. <clears throat> and then I, then that vision disseminated away from me. Mm. Did anyone else have a vision this evening? I did, but we don't talk about Bruno. <clears throat> Um, I did as well, and I think your your shark was in mine as well. I just heard that didgeridoo. So either we are being called to those locations individually, or we all need to go to those locations together. Is there one location, though, that, that none of us had an experience with? Only Shambhala. Shambhala. So logic would have it. We go to the location where none of us has had a personal experience. And, and truthfully, the only person that didn't have a personal experience at any one of those places was Moira. And it was her uncle that was on a, an expedition to try to find Shambhala where he lost his life. So we go find Shambhala. Back on the ship. He never found it. We don't know where it is. It's marked on the map, isn't it? 
X marks the spot. I mean, general vicinity, right? I mean, well, the general vicinity yeah. is the best. We Otherwise, can do that if you want. Logically speaking, time. Come in. You can get a street view and find out where it is. We just stop at the nearest gas station and ask directions when we get close. Of course. <laughs> what was the uh, echo whisper that you heard earlier tonight, Moira? Find the key. I heard a voice, guys, and it told me to find the key. Chimbala is the key. <laughs> Isn't that what it said? That is what it said, yes. It's the law. <laughs> it's the what? Law City. Mm hmm. So, do you think the key is key at like the Lost City? Key? Is it a key like a map key? But I didn't notice anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyone else notice anything about the key? Is there a key on here? Oh, I closed the map because I couldn't read it. I got angry. <laughs> oh, okay. We'll have we'll be on this journey for a long time. We'll have plenty of time to teach you to read. Oh, that'd be great. Oh my goodness, we took a train ride and look what happened to that. <laughs> Well, maybe, on, maybe if we were day. learning, maybe if we were spending more time on our letters and our books, we wouldn't have gotten into a fight. <laughs> <laughs> There's something going on in the water outside too that we're supposed to. Should we look into why we hear the sounds over the water and people getting killed in this town? And that's another thing that's kind of on our plate, isn't it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Why are we down in a basement in your house? Because your uncle came to you as an apparition, led us here, and now we have a map with Shambhala, and now we have people outside screaming and the voices coming over the water and people dying all over the place. It's all very overwhelming. <laughs> well, perhaps we should look into why people are dying here and then put Shambhala on hold for a moment. Or maybe it's related. Or we split up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we each go to one city. We yeah. go. We each yeah. go back to where the exit was on the map. Yep. I I I can't go back to that place, but I'm happy to go look for a lost cities. I've searched. But you can stay here. Lost cities in my life. You, you can stay here, and you can discover the screaming, and then the rest of us can go back to our X map. Well, oh, we could throw all of the different pins into a bowl, and then you draw one, and that's who. You, that's where you go. Where you go like that idea because we have the cries that we've heard coming from the night during the lake it's in my notes yeah that was why you were sent here in the first place by the knights of uh, victoria uh, perhaps we need to take care of that that mystery for sure but moira's been told to find the key and if we put all the keys in in a bowl (laughs) we draw (laughs) <laughs> and, and then you all spoon <laughs> but maybe we're going about this wrong maybe we're not using our, our language correctly um, maybe we need to sit and talk about this like we would as a team bah. <laughs> bah. well not to meta it but like if we only have two sessions left we're not supposed to visit six different city sites. That's- <laughs> I think probably we should go figure out what, what what's making all the noise and killing people here. It's like a it workout could be a, montage. An arc, right? Yeah, it's it's just a montage. Of, yeah. You know, 
we, we cut can, to just can a, foundry a do long slow dissolves <laughs> <laughs> no definitely not it could but we can't use it okay um Oh, you know what? I'm going to use my hagstone and just look at the map again, just because. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> the one time we, you know, use it and it did something. Let's try it again. We did it again. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Mm-mm. Okay. All right. I'm going to roll up the map. I'm going to ponder on this key thing. If anybody has any other ideas. I mean, well, I'm going to... Did yeah. your father? Did, did your uncle? Uh, uncle, yeah. Did did your uncle have a research room here in the house? A study. He has a study mm-hmm. where all of his research on Shabala would be. Well, I mean, this book that I have, you know, was in the bookshelf, but he has a separate study that I never went into. Maybe that's where we need to start to look for the key. We could do that. And then we can go and find out why people are dying out in the water and screaming, <laughs> right? They're not dying and screaming right now, right? <laughs> this, this whole time, they're just in this wailing, terrorizing screams of people being eviscerated across the water. <laughs> oh, God! <laughs> what was that noise? You what? hear that? <laughs> right, is there any way we could like shut the fireplace upstairs so we don't hear that? <laughs> it's very distracting. It's really distracting. Yeah. We yeah. We're trying to look at a map. Under these conditions. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna roll up the map, and there's nothing else in this room, right? Correct. Yeah. <clears throat> no engravings on the table, on the glass. Nope. Mm-mm. Just very simple pedestal, glass globe, scroll. I think our I think our GM's cheating us out. So. <laughs> okay. We didn't even get a map of the manor. That's true. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about it. <laughs> um, Put all his effort in the, the week long, before. Long story short, as far as going to the study, trying to search for a key. Uh, no key. I, there, there's keys around, but uh, I'm not talking about just a key. I'm just talking about a clue to a key. Sure. sure. <laughs> the thought is is that after kind of looking around and trying to put pieces of a puzzle together that simply really don't exist, uh, looking through all of uh, your uncle's old stuff, yes, there's a few little scratchings here and there about Shambhala uh, and so forth, but that book really seems to be uh, probably the most important thing next to the map itself. Both of those things were connected. The light was shining towards the book, to give you the clue that this may be about Shambhala and of course opening the uh, uh, the chamber brought you down to uh, the map which essentially is the key that you're looking for oh good <laughs> um, and just in the discussion that you guys would probably have over the coming hours up until dawn when it's time to reconvene on the investigation that you were actually sent here for um, you're really kind of able to figure out that yes this map is 
in order uh, for you to unlock the path to Shambhala. Uh, and in looking through the book, this is kind of what you're able to kind of loosely piece together in the hours that you have uh, to kind of figure this out. But this this map is the map. The map is the key uh, to open uh, the pathway to Shambhala. So each of these locations, at some point, you will have to visit if you are wanting to go there. And if this is where Hassani uh, is, or if this is the path that Hassani may be on, uh, this may be your only way to find him. Okay. So that means that means Henry, Sam Bruno is in your future once again. We don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> I wasn't even here when you made that joke before the game, Chris. What joke? Who made a joke? I didn't hear a joke. Yeah, you made a joke about it already? You yeah. heard yeah. I, I had no idea. You said the same thing you did. I did. Okay. I'm going to pop You didn't know my shark was named San Bruno then. I didn't remember that your shark was named San Bruno, but I, I said I we don't talk about I, Bruno. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't name it San Bruno until tonight. Oh. I didn't hear your wow. comment. Look See? at that, then. See, Secret everything's connected. Zeitgeist. Where's the key? What does that mean? Let's let's explore that a little bit more. No, I'm just kidding. I'm gonna pocket the map. Put it not pocket it, but I'm gonna put it in my satchel in the the book as well. Okay. And then when we reconvene in two weeks, we will uh, finish off the investigation and then figure out what the next step will be uh, uh, after that in this now quest for Shambhala. On the way up the stairs, I will um, nudge Bendigo and point at the um, suit of armor in a, in a corner, this dusty old suit of armor, and say, Oi, Bendigo. I could use your help dismantling that in a little while. I've got something to build. <laughs> Ooh, I like it. I'm in. Cool. Okay. Well, always good to play with y'all. Mm. Hope, you, hope you enjoyed that. That was a little different than usual, wasn't it? That was a nice break. Exciting. That was kind of escape room feel. It was, yeah. totally, it was exciting and nerve-wracking as well. <laughs> Quincy uh, knows exactly what time we get finished. He waits outside the door <laughs> at 11 o'clock. He's right there. He's like, hey, we're supposed to be done. Pay attention to me. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you guys uh, in two weeks then. All right. Well, everybody stay safe. Take right. care. Be yeah. safe on your trip. All right. See you. <laughs>